name is Deborah McIsaac with Enabling Technologies, and I would like to personally thank you for sharing your time with us. Allow me to introduce your subject matter experts on today's panel. Ravi Sony has been with Microsoft for close to six years and has a proven track record of helping organizations across the world leverage Microsoft's tools to be more secure and collaborative. He is currently a modern workplace specialist for organizations in the manufacturing and the retail space. Angie Johnson is one of our solutions and success consultants at Enabling Technologies. For 10 years, Angie has been driving satisfaction and adoption among employees while ensuring that strategic client initiatives are met. She is a certified customer experience professional and ProSci certified change practitioner. Cindy Wylings was the director of the information technology team at Ethnos 360 and is now heading up Enabling Technologies business applications and solutions team. Cindy is the host of this event, leading the discussion around how to best leverage the Power Platform with Microsoft Teams. We are pleased to provide this unique panel as they bring a wealth of knowledge to the table. Now on to housekeeping items. During the webinar, you'll see a quick survey in the chat window, and all completed surveys will be entered into a drawing for a $50 Amazon gift card. As we are in a Microsoft Teams meeting, all attendee lines will be muted. However, you are able to enter questions in the chat window located at the top of your screen. The panel will address all questions as they are able. This webinar is being recorded, and in the next few days, you'll receive a link to the recording via email. Thank you again for joining us at Enabling Technologies. Cindy, the floor is yours. Hi, everybody. And it's nice to have you with us. And as we have people joining, we'll just welcome them into the meeting. Uh, and you're right on time. And you're going to be hearing from myself, uh, Ravi, and Angie as we talk about uh, our, our focus on the front line today. So I just wanted to give you a heads up and thank you, Deb, for that great introduction. Uh, over the next 60 minutes, we'll be taking you through some of the key focus areas uh, regarding uh, frontline workers and how focusing on frontline uh, delivers a greater productivity and improves your business outcomes as you realize the value of a cohesive workforce. Uh, we want to uh, take time to talk about the benefits of focusing on every segment of your workforce and enabling greater productivity, setting up secure flows of information, a broad interaction between uh, the different uh, uh, parts of your workforce and constituents, uh, and just managed communication across all channels. We're going to talk about who your frontline workers are. And we're going to talk about some of the concerns from a frontline worker standpoint, an IT technology standpoint, as well as leadership uh, when it comes to engaging across the workforce. We'll take a deep dive into the day in the life and see how some of the specific tools that are part of your frontline worker uh, licensing can provide return on investment by leveraging all of your existing investment. of a cohesive workforce. And jumping right in here, uh, highlighting some of that value. Uh, Ravi, you wanna kick us off uh, with some thoughts on why Frontline is important? Yeah, sure, Cindy. Hi, everyone, uh, my name is Ravi. And yeah, so when we think about Frontline workers, we need to always consider that they're actually the backbone of the world economy. 
Uh, this has been more obvious in the face of the pandemic. We all heard about on the news, you know, driver shortages, container ports being backed up, nurses providing critical care. While some frontline workers are returning to work as the world reopens, uh, others have been on the job throughout the last several months. They are the essential workers who have kept the hospitals running, staffed the grocery stores, curbside pickup, and been out in the field keeping services up and running. Frontline workers exemplify any company's brand. They are either the first or the last touch point before the customer experience a product or service. They also typically comprise the largest part of any organization's workforce. So Cindy, the, the, the frontline workers are very important to everyone here. Angie, did you want to uh, add any thoughts there on, on some of these key features of the value of, of bringing everyone together? Yeah, absolutely. So when you think of that, that frontline workforce, like Ravi mentioned, huge population, really the face of your organization. And the big thing here, I mean, when I look at this from both a change management and adoption standpoint and just a holistic viewpoint, I mean, this is really your brand experience. So being really intentional with having a consistent brand experience, whether they engage with myself or Cindy or Robbie or, you know, whoever it might be, that these tools really allow you not only to, to do a better job communicating, but meeting your employees where they're at. And I'll, I'll harp on that throughout the whole thing, but so important and such a powerful tool that you can provide consistent training, you can provide consistent messaging. And when you look at that cohesive workforce, you know, regardless of if I'm talking to a frontline worker or someone who's maybe a desk worker, I'm, I'm hearing the same message and they've all been educated and, and given the same training and communication. Thank you. That is so essential. Uh, and, and you brought up something that we're going to jump right into now. Um, who is on your front line? Because as we think of our workforces and we think of a cohesive workforce, we have constituents all over the place and trying to decide uh, who's what. Uh, you know, I just think of some of the pieces people that I've met recently. Um, and so we can think of often frontline workers, they're out there in the field. Um, they may be in manufacturing, uh, um, in engineering. They may be our retail workers, uh, but they also could be people who um, who are customer service facing, and maybe they don't uh, work in the public, but they are the first people who answer the phones. Uh, anyone, really, in this case, that we have our frontline workers, they're the people, as you've mentioned, the brand success. They're the ones who touch our customers first. Uh, they're the ones who hear feedback from customers. I think so often I am in a, in a location. I might be in a store or um, talking to somebody on the phone and they ask me to fill out a survey. And sometimes I fill out those surveys. I'm definitely getting better at providing good feedback through survey mechanisms as I know the importance of it. But really, it's my interaction with a person. It's my discussion with the uh, person that I'm meeting, whether it's the person at the register, or the person helping me find a product. Uh, I'm talking with them and they are listening to me. And if they have the opportunity to provide that feedback that I gave, uh, that's going to bring that information about how I feel about the brand more than me remembering to go take a survey later on. So they are hearing things, uh, gauging things, and just feel how we engage as people. Um, uh, Ravi, anything you want to add about who the unique nature? I know we've been, uh, you mentioned that last time, but uh, other unique things that occur to you. 
Yeah, one thing that we need to be mindful of is that the frontline workers digital touch points are different to what a desk or a knowledge worker would be. So the, the way that they interact with these digital touch points, whether it's a device, a computer or anything in between, whenever they do so, they add a tremendous amount of value. So due to the different nature of their digital touch points, we need to solve for ways to make it as frictionless and impactful as possible. Excellent. I think we're going to touch on that pretty soon, too, and I'm excited to look at that. Angie, uh, do you have any other thoughts on the unique perspective of who these frontline workers uh, that we're talking about are? Yes, I, you know, I think it's something I would encourage anyone that that is joining us. What what your frontline is does look different organization by organization, right? So it, it could be your nurses, it could be warehouse workers, it could be retail employees, any of that. But something that we do see consistent across all of that is not only is it one of your highest populations of employees, very high attrition rates, um, and often a group that you know tells us in feedback they're not getting communicated to, they're they're missing messages, they don't know what's going on. So as we look at rolling out some of these potential tools. Again, from a change management adoption standpoint, I cannot stress enough, learn who your frontline is, get their feedback and really understand where they're at right now that, that you could roll this out successfully and then also show the benefit of why this would be so important to them. But yeah, identify who your frontline is specifically. Like I said, there's some, some trending um, things that we see, but it is gonna be different organization by organization. I think that's the key that we're looking at here too. We can't, you know, say frontline workers are um, working in a store at a cashier's, um, you know, window, or uh, they are uh, delivery uh, folks, or they are nurses, uh, or um, or plant floor, um, you know, maintenance staff. We can't say that in specific because every industry is so unique in how we approach our folks, and so uh, that's why that's why it's important to have a chance to think for our for against our organization and how our unique culture um, you know, organizes our teams. Uh, how are they different? We've mentioned this and we're gonna uh, you know, uh, talk a little bit more about this right now uh, for the next couple slides. These are not people who are sitting at the same desk using a computer, a desktop computer with all of its power that it has associated with it. Uh, they are, um, they use different technology. They are not always in the office working together. So they don't have the same unique makeup where you know, um, you know, every day you come into the office and you begin to develop a, you know, in, in IT, we call it velocity, where you know how people work together, you know how people engage. Uh, teams on the front line are often uh, switching around as to who's working together. And so they have to build cohesion almost every day or every week in a different way. Um, their meetings, their meetings look different. They, um, they don't, uh, you know, typically uh, meet in the same location. They may not have a quiet space to meet. Uh, they're going to huddle up quickly. They're going to be um, uh, a different group of people, depending on who's on shift, uh, if this is a shift case, and they're going to give uh, the present feedback of what's on their mind. But uh, their engagement is different than what the engagement would be uh, in a typical office setting. Uh, uh, Angie, you want to add anything to this? Yeah, I mean, we've obviously identified that they're different and different in a good way, right? But if you think of, I'll use nurses as an example. 
anyone who's who's ever worked in patient care or been a patient at some point, never at any point do all the nurses just get to leave for an hour and go to a meeting or a training. I mean, that that just doesn't happen. It's not possible. It's not the right thing to do for the patient. So really thinking about because these groups are different, and again, that's just nurses, I, I would encourage you to identify your front line, but looking at how they're different, and it's really, really important to, to take those differences and bring them along on the journey. We know they're not sitting at a desk responding to emails, so sending them an email to communicate a change is not an effective way to do it. We can't pull everyone off for an hour at the same time to have them go through a training. So really, really important to, to identify those differences and treat this group uniquely. Give them the specific information and training that they need. Make it bite-sized. Meet them where they're at. I mean, if, if they're using mobile devices or signing into different kiosks, again, how do we make this super simple? We know the lower the effort, the higher the adoption rate. And again, they don't have time. So being concise with what they need to know and really helping highlight what's in it for them, right? How does this make their work life easier? Why? Why would they want to do this? Why would they want to take even five minutes away uh, to try to learn these things? So recognizing those differences and really capitalizing and getting creative with how do we reach that audience in where they're at and in the best way, shape and form that it can be simple and digestible for them to make this, this change. Excellent. Uh, Ravi, before we move on about uh, um, discovering needs, what, uh, anything engage you on this, um, this particular topic? Yeah, look, uh, I absolutely agree with Angie. I think it's super important to treat their time as really valuable. And every time we engage them, it has to be meaningful to the daily work. The litmus test is two questions. Uh, number one, whenever we try to do something for the frontline workers and we're trying to put some initiative forward, always ask the question, so what? And then the second litmus test is, what is it in it for me from the frontline workers perspective? If you solve for these two things, I think we're going to make things, you know, the initiatives a lot more relevant to their, you know, daily work. Excellent. Uh, two of my favorite questions, and I think we want to uh, take a look at the so what often as we go through even uh, this discussion. Uh, so we're going to look at challenges, and, and Ravi, you alluded to these challenges uh, when when we first started our conversation a few, uh, few minutes ago now. Um, so what are some of the ways uh, that we can discover the challenges and what are some of these challenges that frontline workers are experiencing? So frontline workers are there uh, on the field, facilitating calls, speaking to customers, delivering packages, taking care of a, a whole host of things out there. However, the first first thing that actually occurs to the frontline worker is convenience. But then we have to marry with the, the grand realities of how we function as an organization or any, any company operates out there. And to that end, you know, shadow IT is a major concern. In order to diagnose the use of shadow IT, we have to acknowledge why it exists. So when I talk about shadow IT, you know, we're talking about WhatsApp, we're talking about Facebook Messenger, we're talking about Signal, SMS messages. And it's because these tools are already prevalent and they're easy to use, they're frictionless experience. The challenge is security and compliance. You know, we all hear about it. You know, how are we doing PCI DSS? You know, how are we doing HIPAA? How are we doing data privacy or GDPR if you're dealing with EU citizens? Are we doing it right? How do we ensure that? So any frontline worker enabled tool must acknowledge this reality and make the tools as accessible 
and easy to use and frictionless as possible. So what I'm basically saying is don't overmanage the tools that you're actually presenting to them as more secure and compliant alternatives to the WhatsApps and the Facebooks and the plethora of tools that are out there. Otherwise, you might end up seeing a confidential piece of information uh, on, a, on a tool that IT cannot manage. Excellent. Uh, and and um, one of the things that always intrigues me is the number of uh, of tools that that people have to use. So um, so me in my in my normal day now, I use a computer and I have teams. And really, teams brings everything, all my communication, all my meetings, my apps. Uh, are available. IT can roll those out. There's there's so many things I can do through one interface, uh, through one device. But that isn't the case. And and uh, I know you know um, from from my past experience and from others around me. Uh, I was just talking to someone recently, and they had uh, paper because they worked in a warehouse setting and they picked orders. And so they had paper because that was um, still the most responsive way they could do that uh, to pick to pick orders was to make sure that they had a printed out order. Now, sometimes they print out that order, they'd start picking, there'd be a change to that order. So timing was essential of going back and figuring out, uh, do I have to replace that one and get another one? But then they had their gun where they'd have to scan in the SKUs of everything. So they had their paper and then they had their gun uh, and they may have had their cell phone because uh, they were they would use a text group. You know, like we've mentioned, they've got all these different things happening and they they would use a text group to say, oh, that order's changed. Come back and grab a new paper, uh, you know, and switch those things off and uh, and then scheduling uh, scheduling on a scheduling board. The. Um, the inventory in the warehouse, what could be loaded on the gun, what was loaded on a separate gun. Uh, and so you've got all these things you're juggling. Uh, and then the the challenge is, can we bring that together? Can we bring it together in a simplified and secure fashion so that people can, um, you know, can more readily find find what's going on? Um, the, the person I was speaking to recently talking about the having that paper, if there were tasks, they had to jump. Uh, over to another place where they would get tasks that were maybe um, uh, along a different line. They actually had a different check-in desk where they would get tasks to do if there was no orders to pick up. So just going back and forth, you know, I can make myself dizzy even just thinking about it. Uh, um, so that is a challenge. Uh, but it's a challenge you settle into using all these things and changing can be difficult. Uh, Angie, you have any comments or thoughts on changing from a process you've always done to something that may be technology-based? <laughs> I do. I, I mean, people dislike change. We get that. When you think of some of these different shadow shadow IT offerings, I would I would go as far as to say it's not a matter of if. If if you think they're not happening in your organization, I I would urge you to dig deeper because they are. And it's it's a group text. It's Facebook workplace, it's, you know, Facebook messenger, it's whatever is simplest for them. I mean, if you look at the path of how they got there, it's not malicious. It's not intended to, to not be secure or put the company at risk. It's because it's easy and they it's what they know. So the, the biggest challenge is, okay, they're already here. How do we move them someplace else? Knowing people don't like to change. And Robbie touched on it a little bit earlier. It has to be simple. So again, we have to put stuff in bite-sized, consumable, pieces of information for them, but also what teams have put together and, and how this actually interacts 
it is really simple. So really highlighting that, that there's ease of use is it, it's there, right? That there's been a lot of work put into this. This shouldn't be something that becomes a part-time job for them. If anything, it should make their work life easier because it's pulling together these different streams that they're already in. Um, big opportunity though, as, as you roll this out from a change management perspective, that this, this has to be perceived as simple. I said it before and I, I really stand by this. The higher the effort, the lower the adoption. So the more easy we can make this, the more likely people are to, to adopt this change and actually really get in there and understand how this can make their work life easier. Excellent. Right. The, the, the so what and the, that, uh, the higher the effort. Um, we want to really focus on those. Uh, I want to take a few minutes now and talk about maybe the two sides of the coin. And, and before we do any clicking here, I often think of a beach ball. And I think if we were holding, if I was holding a beach ball here in between all of us uh, and looking at one of those, you know, that has the multicolors on it, I might say to you, this beach ball is green and white because I see the green stripe and the white stripes. Uh, but Ravi might say, oh, no, it's blue and white. And Angie would say, it's orange and white. Uh, and maybe someone else would say, no, it's yellow and white. Uh, and so we're all looking at it. It is a beach ball and it is all of those things, but we can't see it. And so we need to get that ball spinning or we need to step back a little so that we can all see the ball from a different perspective and see each other. Uh, so that that ball isn't the only thing I'm looking at. As I step back, I get a better perspective of what you're seeing and the angle you're seeing it from. And I want to approach that frontline worker need and want in that way. So frontline workers, what do they need? Uh, any worker in an organization, any part of our company, we uh, as leaders, uh, as managers decide people need certain things. Uh, and so most often it's news and information and we want people to be on the same page. Uh, and and uh, in today's world and in all the things that have happened, we want people to engage on items of well-being because we want them to um, to remain with us. We want to keep the investment in our workforce and our workforce healthy. And so we really we really need people to engage in those things that are going to keep them connected to our organization. Uh, and today we need people to have schedules uh, that that we can manage even remotely. Uh, the more hybrid we get, the more important it is to keep abreast of who's doing what and where and from when, as we don't see everybody eye to eye. Uh, and and then we begin to shift to the what do frontline workers want, uh, the engagement and well-being or the news that they want, uh, the ability to interact with their schedules, the the type of training and onboarding that we want to provide and that they want to receive, as Angie has mentioned over and over, bite-sized, Ravi as well, bite-sized, something that they can get where they need it, something that's not overwhelming or it's not going to take they can't do it if it's in an hour long and and they have patients or uh, customers waiting uh, and then task and management support to be able to find and then complete 
and then check off and feedback those things that you have to do uh, without uh, a lot of difficulty. Those are the those are the things and being able to balance that. Um, uh, any thoughts before we pop up what frontline workers have to say about these things? Uh, um, Ravi, you want to go first? Yeah, look, um, at the end of the day, it's all about convenience and making it happen. So if if I am to take care of a patient, you know, um, what is the opportunity cost of doing something else as opposed to doing the critical care, right? And so after a 12-hour shift, the last thing I want to look at is a laundry list of things that I need to do. Um, another example would be I'm out there in the field operations taking care of the power grid. You know, it's been a hot, humid day. What is the opportunity cost of me taking away time to do something else that is not a core part of my job, but a very much an important part of what I need to do, whether it's training or safety or uh, any, anything in between. So I think we really need to solve for that. It, it is important to treat this value, attach a value to their time and, and really make it impactful. Excellent. Uh, and then Angie, I'm going to pop up here some feedback uh, from frontline workers, and I think that's going to uh, really, uh, you know, um, align well with your 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 goal of uh, of, of really adoption and adoption, not just change management, um, but embracing the new. It's on the engagement side, frontline workers uh, have been polled in 60% wish there was something available to help with their exhaustion, uh, as uh, that the engagement and well-being isn't just information to feel how people feel part of a company, but actually feel cared for by that company. Uh, and training and onboarding, and there it is, 55% report no formal training or learning on the new technology. Here's a device. It's going to help you do X, Y, and Z, uh, and and I think um, you know that's where uh, Angie. I'll just turn it over to you. <laughs> no, you're fine. Uh, so th these are great stats, and one thing I would really encourage you to do when we talk about what do the frontline workers need and what do they want is don't make assumptions. Ask them. I mean, really, truly ask them. If you don't have some sort of feedback loop, I would encourage you, even if it's informal, um, it could be. Uh, you know, like a forum survey, it could be even just managers asking the question and getting that feedback. Oftentimes you'll be surprised what they're asking for is very realistic. And we actually, with this, have tools to say, oh, we can we can do that and we can do it really quickly. The big other piece that I want to call out, a lot of attrition, you know, in this group, as I mentioned earlier, it's just as important to, to be able to roll this out and train your existing employees as it is there's new employees coming. How do you get them up to speed and get them to have an equal level of knowledge? So really important when you're looking at that, that you're you're not only considering existing, but future. If you're growing, if you're you know replacing employees, whatever it might be, that you have a really consistent process to get people that information, get them up to speed on the new technology. Wow, that is so important. Even as I think of it, when we roll out new technology, it's new to everybody who's there, but the person who joins the next day doesn't see it as new technology. It's existing. Uh, and and then whether or not uh, there's they're uh, aligned with with uh, 
the needs and the and the description often people will say you know how did you know we did that well we've always done it that way but they never have if it's first for them to come to the team so super important uh, now we're going to get to that part of the conversation uh, where we talk about the difficulties uh, the frontline fears, uh, not necessarily of the frontline workers, which we've been discussing. You're going to give me more devices. You're not going to give me more training. We're going to get uh, we're going to have to stop using what works, meaning our Facebook groups or WhatsApp chats or SMS uh, groups uh, to go use something else. We've got fears from a from a, a management uh, leadership and IT level. Uh, you know, that we've got uh, with these things. And so I'm um, going to launch another one of those polls and we're going to uh, jump right in here. Some of our uh, biggest concerns um, have to do with security and management uh, and how to audit things and compliance. And it comes across the board. It comes with devices. Uh, are we going to let people use personal devices and roll out teams, manage Intune, manage personal devices, and then support personal devices when people are struggling with how to load uh, or interact with something on their devices? Are we going to um, help people to embrace the idea of a management, a managed app on their personal device uh, when they say, oh, I don't want you managing my device? Are we going to hand out uh, managed devices? Are they going to be tablets? Are they going to be cell phones? Are we going to use realware? Uh, and if we're going to use realware, what are we going to connect it to? Um, and so all of those devices bring in the uh, bring in the equation of the return on that investment. How many are we going to buy? Who are we going to assign them to? How are we going to manage the the charging of those devices? Yeah, I use it, but then I have to come in. I have to remember to put it on charge so the person that's coming after me can use it. Uh, so there's lots of things that we we have to think about when we begin to move uh, to these new processes, and we want to make sure that that where we start heading, uh, we can embrace and long-term support. Uh, then there's the communication aspect. Uh, are we going to allow open communication across all channels so that someone can chat? We had this uh, uh, back when I was at Ethnos 360. We were a global organization and uh, we had uh, we had trainees and we had our full time uh, 3000 people uh, plus about 2000 uh, associated people around the world. And then we still had a retired staff that would stay involved as mentors, even with our trainees. And the conversation became as we jumped on to teams and made it available to everyone. Are you going to allow uh, students to just chat at the CEO? Uh, and there was some back and forth. Should we? Should we block communications? Should we have certain things where we isolate communications? And we found that there were some areas where we wanted to isolate and protect, uh, mo mostly the finance office folks who needed to be able to focus on getting their work done. But to the leadership, they said, open the channels, let people know they can chat at us if they have something. Uh, and so it was really one of those things which which brought that communication. And if you think of walkie talkie, that ability to press a button 
uh, and get the help from the person that you need. You don't have to send an email, wait for them to respond. Um, uh, there's there's the chat and Q&A. We all like text. I can send a text. You can reply when it's convenient for you and not get interrupted if you're in a, a task. Uh, so, so, you know, how are we going to envision our communication uh, and information and announcements? How are we going to leverage uh, our new tools, our existing Microsoft uh, Teams platform tools? But how are we going to secure that? So maybe it can't be shared outside the organization if there is an announcement that's coming and everybody in the company is going to know, but it's not ready for public consumption yet. Now you can bring that to your front line and protect that. Uh, and manage and audit and comply that data. And then there's the activities, shifts, schedules, tasks, and my favorite incident reporting because the people on the front line are there seeing what's happening. And so often it even happened uh, here in my own house yesterday, somebody was having trouble uh, and, and nobody, everybody assumed somebody else was going to report the trouble. Uh, and so um, it went unreported. And I said, finally, you know, somebody's got to go, you know, reach out to the help desk and let them know uh, on this issue because, uh, um, but the people on the, uh, who are out there, they can see it happening. And even if customers aren't going to report it, someone else can provide that incident report. Uh, so as we, as we roll out this poll on some of the things, what are, what are your, um, you know, biggest frontline fears from your perspective. Uh, uh, Ravi, what are the things that you guys hear at Microsoft? You know, it is very common for concerned IT to talk about personal devices and the notion of, you know, exposing corporate apps to those personal devices that are owned by frontline workers. But it's incredible how much Microsoft has invested in that particular area to onboard and, and bring along everyone. Uh, you know, Teams by itself can be a managed application that has access to nothing else within the environment except corporate managed information. That is it. So even if the, the frontline worker leaves the organization, only Teams would be removed and it's associated data, nothing else, you know, no viewing into a contact history, um, what applications that you have, what you might have, you know, in terms of files and so on. So I think, you know, it's a common concern. And I often do ask my customers as to what they're doing in terms of their BYOD strategy. Some actually moving and trending the right direction. They are thinking about it more and more. But I think, you know, we need to really challenge the notion that BYOD does not equal insecure or non-compliant. That is a myth because today's developments and technologies, it is definitely attainable. That's a wonderful point. Uh, and so, um, it, and it really comes to helping people understand that at all levels. Uh, Angie, how can we help to change the understanding of of BYOD, good or bad, you know, it 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 isn't either one. It it is. It's a tool, and we can empower people with it. Yeah, this is always the fine balance between, you know, what that frontliner, even what employees in general want, and what is necessary from a company standpoint. Obviously, stuff has to be secure. Really, the opportunity here, in my opinion, where I've seen this be be very successful, is explaining the why. Um, instead of just mandating different things and kind of surprising people, and certainly there's some nervousness 
with the BYOD of like, what is my company looking at, you know, on my device? <laughs> so, so being transparent of what it is, what it isn't, um, and, and taking away some of that, but really explaining why we're doing this, what it's protecting you from, and giving people enough information that they can say, okay, I, I understand this. I understand why it's important and why I would comply with that. For me, being someone who's, who's not highly technical, you know, some of the information that gets thrown out. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Like, what, what am I signing on to here? So putting it in, in, you know, terms that, that majority of people could understand is really important and talking them through that again, lowering that barrier of what's happening, why is it happening and making it as simple as possible. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, so we will, um, yeah, this is one of the main things that we look at, even as we as we look at next steps that you can take when we jump into a workshop on these things, we engage on all of these uh, areas and exactly what they look like for your company, where you are in your zero trust journey uh, and how we can leverage the existing investment in those areas and your in existing investment in all of your Microsoft platforms uh, to, to be able to expand that to more folks and to uh, make use of that uh, and not have to recreate the wheel with new, uh, again, third party or, or um, outside apps. So now we wanna take a shift. Does anybody have any questions before we take a shift over and start to look at some very specifics? Did anybody have any uh, questions or comments that they wanted to come off mic and talk about, about the areas of who a frontline worker is or the challenges on both ends? Alrighty, so as we look at day in the life, uh, of a frontline worker, you're going to see on the screen there, we have uh, task management listed. You have, uh, you have um, publishing now in Microsoft Teams. What a wonderful feature. And in our future uh, iterations of our frontline, our focus on the frontline series, we're going to deep dive into how you set up those hierarchies and what it looks like when you publish out a task. Uh, and you've got shifts, a wonderful, uh, addition to Teams in the fact that it also connects to your workforce management systems in many cases. And what you can do is leverage your existing investment in that particular um, uh, uh, essential ERP part of your organization uh, and human resource management while making it easily accessible for your users right where they work, for your managers to review, for your users to trade shifts, uh, really empowering to people right where they are. You've got channel calendars, so people can now organize and see who's doing what and the ability to do those ad hoc meeting things when people are around and not around or know when something's happened and you can check on who, who was able to attend it or what you might have missed. Uh, and so you don't need those third party uh, outside shadow um, WhatsApp groups and things like that. Engaging, we've got uh, the engagement platforms of Viva uh, and the employee experience where that important information that goes to all of the company goes to all of the company now. Uh, just uh, so exciting. And as you sign into your devices, you have that information right in front of you. You don't have to decide at the end of your shift, am I gonna go take time to look for it? 
um, and ways to write within uh, write within teams, be able to engage with feedback, um, virtual agents and things like that uh, apps right there. Attend town hall live events if they're available while you're on shift uh, and you can put that on and you can and you can have it uh, in your earpiece if you're between customers. It just makes it possible to feel a part of an organization. Uh, and then that education and training, those bite-sized apps, the bite-sized training that uh, that we've been mentioning over and over and over again, the ability to have that, to find what you need, to, to do what you can do, and then check back on that later and complete them in smaller chunks uh, through uh, through the training, um, you know, being right available. You don't have to keep finding it and it'll keep track of where you're at. Uh, and then, of course, addressing that fear, the zero trust, I, all the identities are managed, devices are managed, uh, people are able to stay productive within the boundaries of your organizational data. Uh, as we jump forward, um, any thoughts on that before we take a look at Lydia? You know, one of the most underrated capabilities uh, in the Office 365 or M365, Microsoft 365, I feel is Viva Connections. It is mm -hmm. there. It is incredible. I think, you know, internet has become such a bad word in a way. You know, internet, we have a certain notion of what it might be, hyperlinks, cumbersome, you know, something that's just there and it has things in it. But Viva Connections is basically internet reimagined and it's available to a lot of our customers today. And the, the amount of effort that you need to put in to curate content to have it, you know, light up is very minimal. I would highly encourage everyone on this call to look into it because it is incredible and it will be highly valuable to not only your frontline workers, but also your knowledge workers and your executives. Absolutely. And, and that's really the key of that is that it's available to everyone and focused on the the what do they need and what do I want? I think it brings that that focus together on that level plane, the information that people need, the things that they want, uh, because it's based on their particular role uh, and what's happening right now. Uh, I think we could we could jump off and rabbit trail there all day. Uh, but as we look at Lydia uh, and uh, just taking a quick tour through this uh, frontline worker, and so she comes in and she clocks into her shifts app uh, on her mobile device. So whether Lydia is picking up um, a corporately owned shared device or whether she's coming to work and she has a bring your own device and she's using Teams to clock into her shift, Either way, she's able to perform the same thing. Uh, she's in one friendly user interface and the app for her, again, we talked about um, uh, teams being able to focus for people. And so just like we have a, a teams menu on our side menu of apps for the frontline, you can, you can order and pin those apps for the things that they use every day, the things that are most in focus for them, tasks and shifts. Uh, so she can clock right in there in the shifts app. 
and uh, and then she can check her schedules. She can go ahead and change, request a change of a shift that she has upcoming. Um, she can request to, if there's open shifts, she can go ahead and grab one of those open shifts uh, if she wants to do that. Um, and maybe she has an appointment that she needs to take care of in the next few days. And so she'll need to trade with somebody. She can go ahead and initiate that trade with a person. And depending on how you've got it managed in the back end, uh, either that trade uh, for certain things will be automatically approved or it'll go through the manager and the manager will approve the trade. Uh, the person then has can accept the trade. Uh, and so it's it's really unique in that how your organization trades shifts now can happen in this ecosystem of not having to uh, leave your post and run over to the shifts desk when you have a break uh, and and hope that you can get that information to somebody. I actually had a friend of mine who's a frontline worker and she said, I said, how do you trade shifts? And she said, um, on my way into work, I rip off a piece of the circular when I walk in and I write my name and I write the date and the shift I want to trade, and I just drop it on the desk for somebody to find. And then I know the manager is like scooping up all these little papers, and then she goes and she shifts us all around. They had magnetic boards, and she shifts us all around. Uh, and so she said, that's how I do it. I just make sure I have a scrap of paper when I walk in. I think, well, on a windy day, that scrap of paper is blown off that desk. Uh, so um, it's interesting, the things that that uh, we use for, for shifts and things. But uh, Lydia is able to um, you know, take care of all of that right in teams. Uh, and then she hops over to tasks. And again, tasks is this, uh, this great um, uh, feature in that uh, people can create and make lists and tasks, but now publishing makes it possible for organizational leadership to publish out to multiple levels of the organization and then those tasks can be distributed by managers to actual people. And the feedback of the completion of that is reported back to the original management list so that everybody across the organization is on the same page, including the feedback of comments from tasks. So you don't have to make a bunch of tasks in one planner and then email around to all your managers of all your stores and tell them to make tasks in their planners and hope they have time to get it done or write it on pieces of paper and hand it out to people. Uh, it's going to change the way productivity happens. Uh, and it's an exciting feature. Uh, and then, of course, the um, you can switch to different uh, uh, apps or, or features. And so if you have a line of business app, uh, bringing that line of business uh, uh, app productivity into Teams uh, is is one of the strong points. Again, having that available, having the full power of your line of business app easily accessible on the managed device to the employee, and even in a place where maybe they can't now use the copy and paste button to take that information out and put it somewhere else. You're protecting your information uh, and you're assuring that uh, that inventory changes get marked when they need to in the line of business app. So before I uh, pop on uh, through, uh, speaking of tasks, shifts, uh, line of business apps, uh, any comments or questions you want to add in, uh, Ravi or Angie? One comment I would make is, you know, all these tools that you have, like 
this is take ship management, for example. If you're not doing it on paper and putting it on someone's desk, um, you could be on the other end of the spectrum where you actually have a, a roster management or ship management system. We, uh, one thing I would highlight there is that Teams is actually a platform. So it has the APIs and connectors and capabilities to link to these systems. And therefore, you know, you don't have to redo everything that you've already done and, and just wipe it clean and then have it being presented in a, a user-friendly manner and that allows the frontline workers to do these things themselves rather than going to a single point of you know bottleneck or single individual who might be doing a whole host of other things as well. Yeah, that's really the key is that we want to highlight your return on the investments you've made in technology now. With the frontline worker, um, uh, services and features that you're going to turn on and, and availing yourself to manage devices and supporting uh, communication through teams is you're going to be able to leverage all of those. You're not creating new things for another subset of people. You are the cohesive workforce, bringing them into the ecosystem you've already been building. And so the return on that investment is, is as many as your workers are, is the, is the, um, you know, the increasing there. So you've got Company Communicator, you've got Viva we talked about. Uh, even if you haven't rolled out Microsoft Viva yet, or it's on your roadmap and you're investigating it and ready to do a workshop there, uh, you've got Company Communicator where you can roll out those important announcements to people based on their team, based on their focus groups. And again, right there in Teams, you're taking advantage of your existing investment to get the information and the news uh, and the announcements out to people. Um, you've got the ability to well-being and praise. There are built-in features for just giving feedback, for giving praise, uh, for, um, for, for bringing information to people's attention all available right in Teams. We've got some wonderful Teams apps, which make it easy to turn on for everybody and use a cross-sectional base for incident reporting so that you can have uh, home office teams as well as management uh, teams and a location and frontline workers all together reporting, managing, responding, and uh, actually, uh, doing some metrics and some and some dashboard views of where your where your problems are occurring most and what types of problems are occurring most, so that you can be proactive in addressing them, not to always solve them quicker, but to reduce the amount of impact they have by eliminating them. So being able to be proactive in management, uh, maintenance, and uh, other things is a is another positive thing of getting all this feedback in one spot. Uh, and then finally, as we get to the end of the day, uh, Lydia could look at her shifts and see that somebody else has requested to trade with her. And so she can go ahead and uh, grab some open shifts before she goes home uh, and write on her device, especially great for shared devices. Um, you know, she can clock out before we finish this slide. I just want to give a shout out. Deb has put the survey link again. If you're in our meeting here today and you hop in and do that survey link as we near the end of our time in the next few minutes, Deb is going to have a drawing and tell us who wins the Amazon gift card. Uh, so just a shout out there to that. If you haven't gone over to the chat, grab, go over and, and grab that link. 
Uh, so as Lydia clocks out, uh, here we have the ability. She is secure and managed every bit of what she's been doing, whether she is using the Microsoft Teams app on her personal device through Company Portal, or whether she is on a shared device where she signs in with her identity and gets the information and the apps and the resources that she needs for the day, and then at the end of the day signs out. Either way, she's got one device. Her realware can connect to that device, and all of the things that she used to do swirling around on multiple devices, you can, the devices have cameras built in, whether they're Surface devices, whether they're uh, mobile phone devices, even your scanning uh, app and inventory scanning can be done uh, right through your, your cameras on your device. Uh, so you can look at, at all the ways you can modernize your environment. Uh, and this device uh, is secure when you do the shared mode, other people can then pick up that same device and sign in and they can use it and it's going to be focused on them. So it's not like the shared device uh, of, of past days where everybody uses the same account and now you don't know uh, who had what and who signed into where. Uh, so as we uh, as we near the end of our time today, we really want to highlight the next steps and really the next steps for most of you is to, uh, to, to make the investment in time to do a Microsoft Accelerator workshop for the frontline worker. And what we do with these is we help you to deep dive into your unique organization, what your needs are, what your people look like, what things you've invested in that you'd like to leverage uh, what the strategies, priorities, and goals are, and help you to create that roadmap for success um, specific for your company. And it's nice to say industry verticals can do this and industry verticals can do that. Uh, and that is so true and so wonderful. But the, the truth in having been uh, in industry, uh, each of us is unique. Each company is unique and that's why we exist and that's why you exist because you bring a unique perspective to the world that you are experts in so this workshop helps to bring your unique perspective into focus and see how you can uh, leverage the tools that you already own really uh, to to uh, make the best of your workforce uh, I hope you've enjoyed the time here. And of course, you can connect with uh, Angie and Ravi and me on LinkedIn, and we'll answer any of your questions that way. And uh, we hope to see you in some frontline worker workshops.